0: Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Life-Changing Science, The BioBuilder the Podcast. I'm your host, Aziz Sean, and my guest today is Billy Carrier. Billy is an amazing teacher at Volunteer High School in Tennessee. He did his undergrad at William & Mary in pre Med, focusing on psychology and neuroscience. Uh, and then afterwards, he realized his passion for teaching and pursued an MSc in education. In today's episode, we talk about BiSTEM 1, a program that combines all of freshman biology classes with career and technical training, and also the Robotron League competition that happened in Tennessee a few weeks ago. I'm really excited to talk to Billy about his BioBuilder journey and the amazing and very ambitious BiSTEM program. So let's dive right into this episode my my first question for you is when did you hear about biobuilder what what was your first experience with them
1: sure well uh, i guess my first experience with them uh was about a year and a half ago um in my capacity as the competitive robotics coach um at our high school biobuilders was participating in the robot drone league competition um as part of one of the challenges that we needed to do so I heard about BioBuilders a little bit through that, um, but what I actually got connected to Natalie was through Nicewanger, who sets up grants for uh, you know different high school programs and college programs in our area and in our state. Um, Nicewanger Foundation, and they have set up what's called the STEM LD funds. It's a grant system that, uh, in part builds these robotics teams in different high schools so I got connected to them through that grant promoting our robotics team at our high school um, and through that we were able to get the robotics team started and then in conversations with them got connected to Natalie who was working with Nice in various different things um, and then when Nice asked me to write the bio stem curriculum Natalie and our connection there, uh, you know, brought us together in working with the BioSTEM curriculum and integrating some of BioBuilders labs. So, kind of three different connections with BioBuilders <laughs> through robotics, through the STEM pro, uh, LB grant, and through uh, the BioSTEM
0: curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to touch on all of those. Um, I've, yeah, yeah. The, the most. I don't have too much experience with robotics, but I remember I learned uh, how, to build, uh, how to build like an Arduino obstacle or a- avoiding robot, yeah. Um, from, yeah, from a kid sure. on, from a kid on YouTube. So that was that was fun. I loved it.
1: <laughs>
0: That's the best way. To look. That's
1: where you find the best information about this. Yes, yeah, finds <laughs> a middle schooler on YouTube.
0: Yes, <laughs> I sure. Yeah, um, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, uh, I. I uh, I remember Nat- Nat- Natalie had mentioned uh, the BioSTEM 1 program and it, it sounded like, yeah, super intense and also such an incredible opportunity at the same time. I wanted to, yeah, see if you could like talk me hey. through what that program is and how you've been developing the curriculum for that and what are some of, uh, how's the experience been so far for some of the students?
1: Well, uh, first off, what it is... Um... It's a new program that in the state of Tennessee we're piloting um, to put a laboratory-focused science class in a CTE pathway program. Um, CTE is Career and Technical Education. So um, CTE programs, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with the idea there, but uh, things like vocational training um, would show up in CTE pathways. Um, Fire science, uh, culinary, we've got electrical, um, uh, industrial mechanics, Uh, there's, you know, lots lots of agricultural science uh, is another CTE pathway. So uh, a few of those, most of those have about four classes that you can, you know, move through um, in your high school career. And so the Biostem curriculum and pathway is really a CTE pathway that is laboratory science focused. If you found yourself working in a laboratory as some kind of technician, right? This pathway is kind of preparing someone for that sort of pathway. Um, Perhaps a pharmacy tech, perhaps uh, someone who works in a medical laboratory. Um, And then again, you know, it could be industrial applications, right? Some some sort of uh, industrial floor using chemical processes. Um, You know, whatever laboratory processes that one might use. This is trying to set up. Um, and focus on that. There's also a focus on DNA and the use of DNA, manipulation of DNA in the synthetic biology and biotechnology sort of application. So there's a focus on that as well. Um, and those two are kind of culminating in the BioSTEM 1 and BioSTEM 2 pathways that we're working on so far. Um, obviously, we have you know a list of standards that go over all of that. Um, but in a broad sense, that's sort of what the pathway is meant to do. Um, and we've floated a few different ways that it came into a typical high school science kind of pathway, right? And you can enter and take Biostem 1 as a freshman, kind of follow along the path through uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, you can uh, take Biostem 1 and have it count as biology. And so it counts as a, you know, necessary science that you would need to graduate from high school, uh, one of the central lab sciences. So, uh, it's a freshman level class that moves through a CTE pathway, uh, focused on laboratory sciences and hopefully resulting in, uh, well, individuals more prepared for a laboratory workforce.
0: Thank you for, yeah, walking me through that, um, so they how long is the the program it, it itself I know uh, students come in in freshman year and then the by someone can be taken as biology would they then go on to um, if they want to AP biology and maybe form like biobuilder clubs and have that all integrated as part of like their final AP bio uh, curriculum
1: um well I, I I'm not entirely sure about uh, biobuilder and the AP bio curriculum. Um, but certainly, BioSTEM 1 could be a step on the way to uh, AP Bio or uh, Bio2. Um, and I think certainly, if someone was interested in a medical career, right, might uh, be a you know, uh, step that they would want to take, go towards AP Bio.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Certainly. But yes, yes it could absolutely be a, a step. Yes, to AP Bio.
0: Makes sense. And uh, I presume, you know, with the lab component, um, labs, you know, in. I found biotech labs in in college very challenging so yeah Uh. so it's great yeah. that students are being you know exposed to exposed to the lab it's all about you know getting comfortable um, with the equipment and being in the lab I think that's that's a big part what are some of the yeah. um experiments and, and projects that students are working on um I think I think one of them is like the iTunes lab uh, that is being yes, incorporated yeah. in the program uh, yeah I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. So we did that last semester in Biostem 1. Um,
1: we're in Biostem 2 now, in the spring semester. Um, but the iTunes lab was really the first that the students and looked at manipulation of DNA. We had talked about that as kind of a, a smaller focus of the Biostem curriculum. Um, and really, that's what's so great about some of the BioBuilder labs, is yes. they're bringing that idea of DNA manipulation right and genetic modification Uh, and really bringing it to the classroom, to the labs, to the real world uh, for these students.
0: Mm.
1: But the iTunes Lab was the first look at that, and it was really incredible to see some of the students actually understand the DNA as code Mm. and get over that kind of hump and thinking about it as something that can be changed and modified in that way, Uh, just like computer code. And the iTunes Lab helped so much for that. They... Uh, i mean you know, just in that concept but even in laboratory practices right helped them work through culturing bacteria in agar plates or in conical tubes um we have an incubator but we don't have one that has a movable shelf so we've got a few problems we have to get over for that um so it kind of teaches students some laboratory problem solving skills um they uh had to you know use micropipettes, which is uh, something that they're likely to use quite a bit in a laboratory setting outside of high school um, and really taught them data uh, and patients those two are essential things to uh, have in a lab um and you know the the first time through, not all of them worked. the colors weren't as deep as we expected them to be in certain trials and I mean, I, I think part of that was in my culturing of the bacteria, if we're being honest. But errors in those kind of labs, I mean, it, we've stuff to talk about, right? And we can get to the conclusion part of our lab reports and really stop to think about, well, I mean, did Mr. Carrier culture the bacteria fully? Did we do all the steps that we were supposed to in the procedure? Why did this trial here work where this trial here didn't work? Um, and introducing those kind of discussions to the classroom was amazing. Um, everything that went into that iTunes lab, I mean, there's no way that I could have put that together, uh, without the biobuilder help. Um, and as, especially being able to use the E. coli like that. Yeah. 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 It was amazing. <clears throat> and like you'd said, I didn't do anything like that in high school. The first time I did anything like that
0: was in biology in college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like saying <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's so important that these concepts are so tricky to understand sometimes, like DNA as code and how you manipulate it and how it's also being, you know, used in the real world right now to solve real problems. And I think that's that's super great that they're being exposed to that, you know, some like the fundamental bio principles. I think once you have that really solid mm-hmm. that foundation, then only are you able to, you know, get creative later on. Uh, as as a scientist, or you know, working in, in any industry, really, um, how how many is students are part of the BioSTEM program?
1: Well, for BioSTEM one, we had fifty, um, and in BioSTEM two, we have twelve.
0: R- ranges from like freshman to senior, I guess. There's a, I guess, more of and, or is it a what's the distribution way?
1: Well, the first BioSTEM one was uh, pretty much just freshman and software. I say pretty much; it was entirely just freshman and software. Um, yeah. And mostly freshmen, It stood where biology one did for those students because it counted as bio one. And in fact, we took the end of course exam, uh, like the Tennessee state biology exam uh, at the end of the class, the end of the semester. So that was a bunch of freshmen and a few sophomore. Um, but in BioSTEM STEM two, I did take two students who were seniors um, who didn't have bio STEM one last semester who had taken biology I'm sure they're freshmen or sophomore years uh, long before we offered BioStep One. And, uh, but they were interested in the program. And so I let uh, one of them in who uh, hadn't gone on to any other biology. And the other one is my student Aid, and he's already taken AP Bio. So I kind of yes. let both of them in because they were interested in the program. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's been great. And they really yeah. did. I mean, all, all of the students really enjoyed BioStem, too.
0: And how do you go about, um, like, you know, developing curriculum and, you know, incorporating BioBuilder while also, you know, satisfying the requirements uh, to, you know, uh, graduate high school for AP Bio and Biology 1, etc.? I'm sure that's, that's a challenge. But what I, I wanted to specifically ask was, I know a lot of BioBuilder teachers, teachers, um they sort of take feedback and then you know run a run a lab and they take feedback from students from one bible to, not just from their students but from you know other bible clubs around the you know yeah around the u.s and then they use that feedback to you know reiterate and improve continuously improve um their lab or the way they're teaching um and i'm not really this is a bit of a broad question but i'd love to hear if how that process is is going for you as well like improving on feedback and incorporating something new into like each program or you know each session in a way
1: Oh sure um and that is important to think about especially as we're starting a completely new program we don't have experience necessarily to go off of um this program is not entirely new, obviously. Uh, BioBuilders is very similar uh, to the BioStem kind of curriculum, or, you know, hits in a lot of the same subject matter. Um, there are other sort of similar BioStem programs in other states, and we've been able to look at their standards and their curriculums as well. Um, so far, being able to compare the BioStem course to the biology course at the high school... Um, giving us a little bit of insight into how the students feel about the course itself. Um, But in terms of how we build feedback into the writing process, we have had a writing team that's gone through and has written the uh, the curriculum for BioStem 1 and 2 that we have so far. Um, But we are about to expand that writing team. Uh, In fact, we have a meeting for that on Monday. Um, with Nicewanger to uh, bring this course into Greenville High School, uh, Cherokee High School, several other high schools in the area. And we brought them on in the new writing team to have new eyes to reassess the Biostem 1 and 2 curriculum. And in fact, what we're going to do is try and have the Biology EOC end-of-course exam at the end of Biostem 2. So then you have two semesters to cover all three sets of those standards. Biology 1, Biostem 1, and Biostem 2. And that should be awesome. And that should be really doable. It was hard to stuff Biology 1 and Biostem 1 into one semester. Yeah, which surely I mean, in hindsight should have made sense. But, <laughs> but I think doing all three of those over two semesters makes a lot of sense. And so... Um, we've had you know struggles through this like i said at the beginning we're kind of building the ship as it sails um but we're trying to keep fresh eyes and uh keep changing how we think about this program as it's built um that's certainly a stretch about feedback but you asked a question uh earlier maybe in that uh email about uh pedagogy how i guess we kind of crafted or thought about crafting this curriculum? I don't know if that was part of the question you were asking here or not.
0: It's, yeah, that that's a great follow-up question that you asked yourself. So <laughs> we'll continue down that path. <laughs> <Here
1: we go. laughs> um, but that has certainly been interesting too, especially, I mean, when I think about it, I, I mean, I, I, I certainly experience in an industrial laboratory. Um, I have experience in all laboratories, but at the end of the day, that's not exactly what I am preparing the students for. Um, certainly good. Very but, similar. But that's not all of you them. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and that's nice. <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I guess we're mostly just training them how to think like a scientist that works in the laboratory. How to assess a certain problem from an engineering mindset. Right? Using... You know, engineering design process and assessing a situation, breaking it down into parts, Uh, problem solving, right? Uh, When you don't have the materials that you need in the lab or, you know, whatever the case may be, Um, having the patience that one needs to admit when one has to start over or go nice and slowly, especially in titration. I do a titration (laughs) lab not because, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was at the beginning of the year. Yeah, uh, and, and not because it has anything to do with the concepts, but just to teach them patience. And after a couple trials of messing it up, right, they they start to get it, and they'll get one drop, and then I'll hand them a pipe out of the uh, base or acid, right, and they'll just go back and forth and back and forth, just sit right there in the public <laughs> change. Yeah, yep, look, just slow down, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Speaking of machines and or not machines of equipment, but you know, and machines, um, one video I saw which was really really cool was of the robot drone league. Um, yes, I've I've always wanted to buy a drone. I think I'm saving up. Those things are oh, yeah. expensive. Um, uh, but I'm saving up. Also, uh, I I saw I've seen a few videos of the robot drone league um online where people are like racing drones that crazy speed mm-hmm. and I was like this is really really cool and then I saw a video of um, the robot drone league that Bible was involved with uh, there was like a scarecrow mm-hmm. they were looking at like finding yeah. and removing disease corn and I was like that is, that yep. is so cool that is incredible like, yeah. yeah so I yeah, I really want you to, yeah, uh, talk me through, like, Drone League, what's going on with Biobuilder there, and what sure. the what the students are involved with. I think that's super, super sick.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's so cool. So the Robot Drone League um, is one of two competitive robotics leagues that we are in. The other one is Underwater, <laughs> both uh, helped with by streamers. Um, but Robot Drone League, Biobuilders, helps uh, craft a challenge that we had to overcome in the most recent uh championship uh competition and scarecrow is the theme of this one so it's uh very agriculture themed right it's all about different farm applications there's a chapter that one has to move um some gates that have to be opened uh some uh plants that need to be inspected uh some insects that need to be removed um I mean, there's no way that I can go through all of the different challenges. And honestly, I don't know them. Uh, the students might be able to go through all of them with you. Uh, but there's a lot of things that have to be done. And you have a, a pretty sizable team of students that are uh, in the pit that are running through this competition. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's really cool. Um, so they have a uh, robot and a drone, thus the Robot Drone League. The robot is a rover, so kind of a, you know, small, four-wheeled, uh, square sort of rover. Um, if you're imagining a looter-lander, then you're giving it a little bit too much credit. But that kind of idea. Um, and then there's a drone, which serves kind of the eyes in the sky. And two different students who are in the pit are going to be operating those two exclusively. One person on the rover and the other one on the drone. Um, <clears throat> And... The rover, one of the competi- or, uh, challenges of the competition is it needs to inspect a field of corn. Some of those corn are infected with the fungus. Um, and it, I, I'm pretty sure they did pick a specific fungus, but it, again, I couldn't tell you what it is. Um, but there's a specific fungus that infects the corn. And the rover has to go out and collect samples of the infected corn and bring that back to the pit. Um, at which point they're given Petri dishes, which, you know, represent the samples, right, taken from the court. Um, those Petri dishes they're giving to a BioBuilder's lab, essentially, right? Uh, which is the tower that sits in the middle of the competition. But you have to stick the Petri dish into this slot, like a coin in an arcade game. <laughs> oh, wow, nice. <laughs> yes. And naturally, the BioBuilder's slot machine spits out a modified seed. Modified seed is resilient to said fungus. The rover takes that over to the field, drops that in a little pot, kind of represents the hole in the ground, um, and then replants this genetically modified corn that is resilient to the fungus that is infecting the crop. Um, so that's the biobuilders challenge in uh, the scarecrow competition. Very, very cool.
0: That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> and w- what I really liked about um, the, uh, the, the Bible, the Robot Drawn League, um, yeah. you know, in the, in the cornfield and how you explained everything. Thank you for yeah, walking me through that. Um, was also oh, like tough. some of the Bible students, you know, also asking themselves the question in high school, like, why is it important to generate new resistant strains of crop? right? Like the pest resistance or climate resistance, Mm -hmm. you know, improving the yield and, you know, food security, um, just starting to think about these questions at such an early age and how you can use what you've learned, you know, in your classroom right now to start tackling that problem. Um, and I think that is, that is really, really great that that opportunity is there for these students.
1: Absolutely. And then that's what BioBuilder does, man. We are just finishing up the oh that Smell lab right now. (laughs) Um, They are writing the conclusion to the RELAB report on Monday. Um, And not all of those trials worked very well, too. And that, I do think, is because I did not culture that bacteria. Yeah, yeah. I need to go back to uh, school on streaking agar plates. Yeah. But uh, in going through that, you know, not not all of that was uh, giving off the smells that we expected. Um, But going back to the application, we are going to do the golden bread lab. And what I am so excited about that is I hope it will begin to click for the students what all of this means. Because modifying E. coli DNA in the lab, you know, that's fun, right? It's basically just a game. But when you're modifying yeast... And making bread that has a vitamin that people actually need and don't get enough in their diet mm-hmm. now we're talking about things that actually make the world a better place. And using the synthetic biology in that way, right, I hope will get the students excited about the whole concept.
0: Final question. Uh, <laughs> well, is he had mentioned that you, you know, were were studying for pre med and you know, you were you had you were going down that path and it was you realized you had you know this passion for free teaching and you that's you know then you went on to do the master's degree in education and you know now you're you're here which is getting to do like getting to work with Bible to buy STEM and you know some of the amazing students that you're working with i interested in yeah. talking about um, that moment where you're like making the decision decision to go and do the Masters of Education. Uh I'd love to like hear more about, you know, maybe it was like an evening, you're like reflecting in your journal. Uh what was written in that journal? <laughs> I'm just curious to see what yeah. sort of questions were you asking yourself uh while trying to uh making this move into teaching.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it it, it really is. So much fun and a uh, passion uh teaching. It's something that I've always wanted Uh, even in middle school and high school, wanted to be a teacher. Um, But I guess I wasn't uh, 100% sure and wanted to explore a little bit. And my father encouraging me to explore, wanting me to go to a liberal arts college to have the opportunity to kind of take a bunch of different things. Uh, William and Mary, that's why I ended up on the radar. I love sciences. I've always wanted to be a history teacher, actually, of all things, Uh, of all Mm -hmm. subjects to teach. And history is my favorite subject, probably. But I love sciences, and science is awesome. And got into brain science, which really brought me back to uh, kind of the chemistry uh, angle in teaching. But uh, in taking different things, uh, William and Mary, and kind of, I don't know, investigating different pathways, right? Found myself back into the sciences. But the pre-med path, I was never really wholeheartedly in right Mm -hmm. and you really have to be and uh and as i kept i guess grappling with that it wasn't really a single moment but more over time in realizing that you know i should just go and get my master's in education and teach like i have always wanted but instead of teaching history like i have always wanted we really need good slaves teachers and maybe I should do that. And I had enough uh, credits at that point, right? To do chemistry. Mm-hmm. So that's what I landed on. Um, instead of say bio or something, um, and you know, that's, uh, yeah, that brought me to the masters in chemistry, but, I've always, you know, helped with uh, youth at my church and things and volunteered at schools and uh, 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 tutoring and such. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh,
0: teaching's really always been a passion. Thanks once again to Billy for joining me today. I had a lot of fun recording this episode, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear that the Buy Someone program is being adopted by several more schools next year. What truly struck me as insightful and inspiring was Billy's approach to engaging his students with the core objective of synthetic biology. In one of the Bible Lab sessions, they worked on modifying yeast to produce bread enriched with a vitamin lacking in certain populations. This project really exemplified the transformative potential of synthetic biology as a positive tool for change, highlighting the science's ultimate goal of improving the world. I feel this episode will be useful to anyone interested in learning more about the impact of synthetic biology as well as learning more about the Biostem m1 program if you would like to learn more about anything else billy and i discussed today please refer to the show notes join me for the next biobuilder podcast we'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by biobuilder's life-changing science see you next time